In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Brothers and sisters, one thing in this parable that's immediately worthy of our attention is something that makes this parable unique in the sense that Jesus, or rather Luke, is identifying specifically who Jesus is talking to. Luke is telling us the audience before the parable is being told. Most of the time we're just told that Jesus told this parable to his followers. But this time the audience is those who trust in themselves that they are righteous. That's a strange phrase. It's not something we use every day to communicate. But to get a sense of what this means, we can look at how this Pharisee was praying. And if we look at the Greek, it's not just that this Pharisee is praying thus with himself, as it says in the English translation. He's actually praying toward himself. He's directing his prayer toward himself. That obviously sounds incorrect on the surface, but when we think about it, when we really reflect on it, there's a danger to that. He's praying toward himself. The words that he's saying are being directed toward himself. So then, according to this picture that Luke is painting for us, that Jesus is giving us in this parable, God is removed from the prayer. The Pharisee himself is his own source of goodness. In addition to that, his seeming prayer starts with criticizing others, looking at others, identifying where they fall short, looking at their mistakes. And that's not just what the Pharisee does. Jesus doesn't tell us parables just to communicate what others do or just to tell us certain stories that have certain moral lessons. It's a call for us to identify where we might fall within this parable. For us too, for you and for me, it is very easy to look outside of ourselves and recognize and identify and talk about the faults of others, the sins of others, the bad things other people are doing. It's very easy and we're very good at it. Especially when we have nothing better to talk about. Especially when our conversations lack any kind of quality, any kind of meaning. It's very easy at that point to turn towards what others are doing and talk about others and very easily fall into and become addicted to the sin of gossip. In contrast to that, in contrast to this prayer of the Pharisee, this prayer to himself, it's difficult and uncomfortable to turn inward and examine oneself. It's difficult and uncomfortable to think about and reflect on where I am making mistakes, what I am doing wrong, how I need to change, what I need to do better. That's not easy. That takes work. That takes humility. It takes humility and work and having to deal with a little bit of discomfort to admit mistakes, 
and to admit when we need help from an outside source to be able to do better, to be able to change, to be able to become something that we cannot become on our own, by our own power. This leads, this kind of mentality, this kind of personality, this kind of spirituality leads to the right way, the justified way of looking outside of oneself. The Pharisee looked outside of himself, of himself to criticize others, to bring others down, to ignore where he was making his own faults. But the tax collector looks outside of himself, outside of himself not to criticize others, not to fall into that habit of not having anything better to talk about, not to fall into that habit of gossip, but to ask for help to become a better person, to become a holier person, to become a better servant of his Lord. Having said all that, maybe the fair is actually. He's doing some good things, some great things actually. He's fasting, he's tithing. These are partly duties of the Jews in terms of the context of their worship. So maybe the Pharisee still looks good. Maybe there's still some good to his image. So if that's the case, if that's what we still think, then why should we care about this parable one way or another? What message can we take if that's what we still think? The message that we can take is that one way of these two ways that are being presented to us, one way reflects only self-love and that no one can teach you anything and eventually not even God. If I stand there and I pray toward myself, God, thank you for making me not like these other men. They're all sinners and I'm just doing a bunch of good things. I'm just presenting to you a checklist of all my accolades and accomplishments. Why, are, why am I even fooling myself and mentioning God in the conversation? If I'm doing only good, if there's no room to admit mistakes, if there's no humility to admit that I need to be doing better, if there's no humility to admit that something outside of myself can teach me, then eventually, why mention God at all? Brothers and sisters, idolatry is not a sin of the Old Testament only. It's very easy for, our, for us to become our own idols, for us to think that we can sustain ourselves, for us to trust in ourselves that we are righteous, in the same way that Luke identifies the audience of this parable. So one way, the way of the Pharisee, is showing us what self-love looks like, disordered self-love. The other way, is a love that is found in humility, is an authentic love. Authentic love is not going to be found by being the loudest person in the room. It's not going to be found by simply pointing out how we're better than others. Authentic love is going to be found in humility. Authentic love is going to be found in standing far off and recognizing the goodness of God and how we've dishonored that goodness through our sins and our, our mistakes and how we ourselves have created that distance and the recognition. 
Authentic love is going to be found in the recognition that it's God's work and love that shortens that distance, that calls us back from that distance to be his faithful servants, and that his humility is the example that we're called to accept, that we're called to be receptive to, and thus afterwards to imitate. Amen.